You having trouble saving? Well, today we're going to have a case study about a Seattle couple who brings in, listen to this, $615,000 a year, and they own six properties on today's Money with Friends. Today, featuring author and comedian Lindsay Goldwert. It's Thursday, July 16th. Let's get today's show started. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Dallas, Texas, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Hey, I'm Lindsay Goldwert. And you're coming to us from? Queens, New York. Awesome. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're going to tackle one from CNBC. And not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we dive into how they affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day and all in less than usually 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords. You hold the key with NordPass. You'll store your passwords in the cloud, access them on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. Get 50% off with your two-year subscription, and you also get a month free if you use our link. It's NordPass, N-O-R-D-P-A-S-S.com forward slash M-W-F for more. NordPass.com forward slash M-W-F. And Lindsay Goldwert joins us again on the show. How are you? I'm doing, I, you know, I'm doing great. I can't complain. A corona things are pretty crazy. You're doing okay with the coronavirus and social distancing and hanging out at the apartment. Yes, I have officially become peculiar with all the time I'm spending at home. Um, feeling pretty proud of my neighborhood. Queens was really um, going through it in March and April in a very big way. But you know, we're all social distancing, wearing our masks. You know, it's yeah. hoping it'll end. Yeah, I think we all are. And personally, you also had some big news. You have started working for one of our favorite apps. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, um, I just accepted a job at Zeta, Z-E-T-A, which is an app that focuses on couples finance. Well, we're going to talk about a couple making big money. Lindsay found this piece. Uh, So let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. Hey, what's good, everyone? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances, and the Money Talking Party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. This piece comes to us, as I mentioned, from CNBC. It's written by Kathleen Elkins. Uh, It's titled, The Budget Breakdown of a 27-Year-Old Millionaire Who Brings in $615,000 and Owns Six Properties. Lindsay, you found this piece, so you mind doing the honors? Yes, absolutely. My pleasure. Todd Baldwin has always wanted to make a lot of money. I was raised by a single mom, and I watched her struggle working four jobs to feed three kids, the 27-year-old self-made millionaire told CNBC Make It. She was worried all the time about money. I saw it. I could feel it. Baldwin didn't want to experience the same financial stress when he grew up, so at 12, he started working. His first job was shoveling manure for $3 an hour. I came home one day, and I counted up $6 worth of quarters. At the time, it was more money than I had ever seen. Since that moment, I was like, I've got to make a million dollars. Sorry, I've got to make millions of dollars. He achieved that goal at 25 when his net worth crossed one million, thanks to smart real estate investing with his wife, Angela. Today, he brings in $615,000 annually, thanks to a mix of income from rental properties, his day job working at a commercial insurance sales, and the extra cash he makes at a secret shopper. After real estate expenses, his take-home pay is closer to $305,000. 
Angela brings in another another six figures from her nine to five, a paycheck that they almost entirely save. The the Baldwins live very comfortably, he says, but he still has lofty money goals. By 35, he wants his net worth to hit 10 million. $10 million by 35. Um, I'll pick it up here. That's one of the reasons he and Angela live well below their means. Although our net worth is seven figures, we don't do a lot of the typical things that most people envision millionaires doing, says Baldwin, who wears a $12 rubber wedding band. We're super frugal. They have roommates, drive a 2009 Ford Focus, and their monthly food bill rarely exceeds $25 thanks to all the free meals they get as secret shoppers. Because Baldwin keeps his expenses so low, he's able to save more than 80% of his take-home pays, tell CNBC Make It. Out of 615000 I bring in, I invest almost all that back into more real estate, so I don't actually see a lot of it. Here's a closer look, and we'll dive into some of this uh, closer look the piece goes on about after this. But but it's funny, you and I were talking about this piece ahead of time, Lindsay, and you said that you actually have some 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 kind of problems with this. I do. You know, it's very interesting. I was alerted to this piece by Lynn Calfani Fox, who is an incredible. I, I like her a lot. I think she gives great financial advice and she tweeted it and she she didn't like it either. You know, I, I think that this piece is very um, it's very aspirational. And I think this person is pretty unique. Um, I think that it's there's something very um, it seems a little bit out of place. Uh, you know, it doesn't it lives like in a covid free universe. Uh, I, I think also it makes it sound if you just read the top of articles, which most people do. You know, he lives with a lot of roommates. He, I think having all that people who had all these big real estate portfolios and are renting them out are actually having a lot of problems right now. Um, I just I just feel like there's it's there's no. It also is, it only shows the positive. It doesn't really show the negatives of what he goes through and what his marriage goes through. I don't know. It just seems he seems to make it very easy. And I think this sounds like an incredibly challenging lifestyle. And I know he says at the end that he's eventually they're going to take they're going to kick back and get a Tesla and, and have a good time and retire and everything. But there was something about it that seemed incredibly difficult and non-relatable to me. How I couldn't really see how most people could take this kind of advice. And also, I think having, you know, having a wife that, er- that earns six figures and be able to put that money away. I mean, it, it, that's not really the big the biggest part of the article, but that that's, that helps, you know, having uh, having a wife that has can contribute that much much money and who you can always have as an emergency fund and you can always have to lean on. I don't know. It's a, I just don't think it's a very relatable article. Um, in addition to, I think the real estate stuff is pretty, that's a pretty dicey advice to do, especially right now. It's the kind of article that when I was younger, I would have gobbled up not realizing how hard a lot of these these things are that that they're actually doing. And by the way, this this completely is, as you read through this too, Lindsay, this is completely a they. And I don't know if it was Kathleen or the fact that she uh, was speaking to this gentleman, Todd, but 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 it but it seemed much more, you know, you work for a couple app couples that happen now. It sure seems like they together are doing this, but it's presented at the top that it's him. And oh yeah, she comes along with her six figure salary to, to, to help it's, out. It's very extreme. You know, I, I think that having a, you know, whatever, say this works for them, that's fine. But should you really endanger your marriage by having all these roommates? Should you really like, I, I can't explain it. Like there's so much here that I just see as, as, being incredibly challenging for other people and not even getting into the, I mean, it's pretty much fire, you know, it's just, it's it's socking away every single penny that they have so that they can retire when they're young, but you don't really get a sense of what he wants to do with the money other than just have the money. And I think that was some advice that somebody gave below. It's, you know, think of more actual goals beyond just having the money. Um, I just think this is a very hard life for most people. And he makes it sound really easy, but, um, 
finding, you know, he rents out bedrooms in each home. There must be constant turnover. Like, and he says, he just makes it sound like it's just part of the process. But, you know, I'm again, like, I'm not a certified financial planner. You know, I'm, I can't really di- dive into everything he's doing. But when I read it, it seemed it just on, on the face of it, it seemed really unrealistic and insane. Let's walk through a bunch of these before we do this, by the way. Uh, we do this live on Facebook. If you want to uh, hang out with us while I make this, this is one of our last recordings on Facebook. The baby's growing up, Lindsay, and Bobby and I have decided that it's going to YouTube. So its own YouTube channel, Money with Friends YouTube, will be there from now on. So make sure you hang out with us there. But Adrian says, this sounds like an outlier, which I think, uh, Lindsay, is something you agree with. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's dive into some of the ways, some of the things that are harder than what they do. The first thing that it says is it talks about his day job and says, after dropping out of Western Washington University in 2014, Baldwin landed a sales job in the commercial insurance industry. His starting salary was 50,000, but after several high performing months, he doubled it to a hundred thousand dollars in less than a year. Today, a salary from his day job is 150. So in a very short time, he went from college dropout to $50,000 a year to $150,000. So his salary is, is, is much, much higher. I think this, this partly dispels a myth, which is that your path needs to go through college. However, at the same time, going from 50 to 100 to 150 in as short a time as he has is, isn't something that, that you can write up in a plan anywhere, I would think. Yeah. I mean, when I, I mean, one thing about this article that also seemed very strange to me was that it seems to live in this non-COVID universe. Um, I, I, it would be pretty, you know, commercial real estate is probably in pretty terrible shape right now for most people who are in that industry. It's very hard to imagine point. that you could, uh, that you, you'd be doubling your income right now. So I, I don't know. It, it, that also seemed very strange. There's some also like, I, I feel, I mean, this is the, the former journalist in me, it's a lot of like, you know, what he's saying. It's very much like a PR piece for him versus a, um, or them versus any kind of a real reported piece. I don't know. It all seems to be coming, coming from him. And I'm not saying he's lying. I would never call anyone a liar, but there's something very odd about it. Well, well, but, but to your point, uh, you and I have read a lot of pieces lately talking about how commercial real estate is just devastated right now. I mean, nobody's going into the office. How are you tripling your income in commercial real estate when it it just seems like it it just, yeah. I mean, it seems like very two, 2019 advice. Yeah. Uh, 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 but what do you think about this idea of, of, of dropping out of school though, and still being able to make a decent income? I mean, if you dropped out of school and you know, I don't know, it's, there definitely is. And I think people are revisiting this idea that you have to have completed college or have to go to college, uh, to, to get a job. I'm a full believer in that you don't have to go to college. And I think that there's a lot of on the job training, that you can do. So I, I do think that's great. You know, when you drop out of college, you still have to pay your loans, you know, you don't get to, you know, so I would say that if you maybe can get the degree and you've already paid most of the, I don't know if that's good advice, but yeah. I do think that's important that people, that's not the part that bothered me. That no. was the least thing that bothered me was the fact that he, he didn't finish school. That no, I, I actually thought that was a, that was a really interesting thing. And we've had some guests on Stacking Benjamins talking about that. We really need to rethink that everybody goes to college. I don't know that that needs to be the path for everybody. But there's also something like, uh, you know, just like, it's also kind of like scorning. It's like after he dropped out of college, he didn't need to go. To, there's something also very like part of this larger narrative 
creative sure. of doing it in his own way. Yes, right. Well, and let's talk about that. He says the the bulk of his revenue comes from real estate. He and his wife own, once again, their revenue because uh, they both own the six rental properties worth over $4 million, bringing about $460,000 uh, a year in rent or uh, $38,300 per month. After expenses, they keep about 150000 that per year, 12500 a month. They bought their first property and they were 23, looking to rent, but the prices in Seattle were too high. Instead, they decided to buy their own place and rent out the extra bedrooms to offset the cost. The first place cost $506,000 when they bought it in December 2015. They had enough in savings to put $19,000 down, about 3.5%. So let's talk about this. Their first house they bought very young, but they're only putting 3.5% down, which means this isn't even a conventional mortgage. They had to figure out a way to get non-conventional financing on a place. That's also not, not as easy to do as it sounds. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not. I mean, lots of people I know that have, you know, were able to secure these really interesting loans. You know, I know people that that when you when you're really into real estate and you go all in, you know, you can find these interesting loans to get. But it's it's. I don't know. It's it I, that seems like an outlier to me to be able to. It also seems incredibly risky for a couple that doesn't have all this income to, to do. You know, that's yeah. a pretty hefty mortgage to have on the yeah. books. So I also feel like that's outlier. Yeah. I don't know that I would, I mean, taking that risk seems obviously that's not a risk you're going to take today, right? Maybe a couple of years ago, um, even then it was, I mean, I see a lot of real estate people present it as super easy and a lot of stuff going on that, you know, that, that people in real estate make money all the time. Also not true. I feel like because of leverage, real estate creates more winners when things are good. But because you're leveraging yourself, it also flushes the toilet quicker when things are bad. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. I was thinking not to be cynical, but, it, you know, because it is such a hard time right now, people can't afford their rent. People are really struggling and they are looking maybe to move to cheaper cheaper lodgings. You know, there is something very interesting about just renting out rooms. You know, maybe he is taking advantage of, of people's you know, this sounds very mean, but you know, maybe he's, he's seeing people just don't have enough money and he's seeing an opportunity to just rent out rooms versus whole apartments. Well, and especially if this is, if this happened a few years ago, I mean, at that point, Seattle's booming. You've got so many people in tech that are moving there. Uh, my son is an example of somebody that moved there uh, a couple of years ago and works for Microsoft and just, he, he had no idea, Lindsay, where to live. So he lived in this house that one dude bought who is maybe 40 years old. He bought this house 10 people lived in this house. It was actually two houses, the beautiful places. Everybody had their own bedroom and their own bathroom. And then they had, oh, a, they had a communal space and a maid. And so he had instant friends, people to hang out with. And so for somebody like my son, and he paid a thousand dollars rent a month. Co-living is really cool. There's people that are doing it. My friend Nikki Merkerson is doing it in Brooklyn. Um, she, where she's, she has a company called Pair Gap. Um, so there's lots of interesting ways to, to do that. Um, and if he was talking about how he was able to, it just, it, that isn't really part of the story. Yeah. Right. He's, yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know if these people are young. I don't know how far from Seattle he is. There's a lot of vagaries in this piece. Uh, it, it, it actually does say he's like 15 minutes from downtown. I oh, think 15 minutes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So he is very close. Uh, uh, he, um, uh, but 
their their profit nine months after they bought their first property. So they could only put down three and a half percent, but nine months later they had enough money to put down uh, a second property. And that's, that's gotta be specifically because they can save 80% of their income that they can, that they can do that. He said that rather than renting out each house to a single tenant, to your point, Lindsay, he said they rent out each bedroom. There's also pictures. They took their uh, garage, painted their garage floor and the garage wall. So had this Seattle mural uh, on it and they turned the garage into an Airbnb space as well. Uh, so they could, could do that. Also, interestingly, he became a secret shopper initially not making that a lot. That was interesting. That was interesting to me. That was sort of funny and interesting. Yeah. Not making a lot of money as a secret shopper, but eating for free. He's, he's, he's eating at uh, Panda Express for free and five guys. I mean, uh, uh, eating some quality meals, but, but not really paying for them. Uh, he said, yeah, that's interesting. There's not a lot of, it, it doesn't seem very I don't know. See, I know this. It doesn't seem very joyous living. It seems very frugal living. It does seem uh, completely like frugal living, but it's interesting. I mean, there is a push and pull for people here, right? I mean, I, I agree with you. The piece makes it sound like it's all rosy. And I think a good point for you and I today, like a big, so what is it isn't rosy. And assuming that this is true, let's say that all some of the sketchy, weird stuff really is true. They're really sacrificing a lot to get to a future that might or might not be fantastic. And then the bad news that you and I know is that when you get, he gets to his $10 million goal at 35. So what? I mean, yeah. does, does that mean that you're instantly happy when you get to 10, $10 million? I don't know. Based on the piece, I don't know if he wants to have a family. I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm not doubting his story. That's not, that's not why I'm here. Sure. It's just, I just think there's more to the story than that meets the eye. And the other thing is just people who, who followed this advice and were Airbnb being out all their properties, you know, I mean, now Airbnb, I think is doing a little bit better, but back in March and April, all the people who had leveraged all their prop leveraged their real estate for Airbnb were all seeing massive losses and there were a lot of defaults and it was really, really huge. So I think you have to be very careful when you put so much of your, and I know he's putting money in his IRA, he's putting money in all these different places. I just, I can't, there's something about this piece that just, it just leaves a funny taste in my mouth. I don't know. Well, I like that. Somebody who's written as many pieces as, as you have when your spidey sense kind of comes out and you're like, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's some, it just, it seems like a very difficult life. I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing a rubber wedding band. I don't think there's anything wrong with being cheap. I, whatever you want to do, whatever, as long as your marriage, as long as you guys are okay with it. And I guess maybe that's their thing. You know, I just hope that if I was making six figures, I, I would want to, I'd want to have a little bit of a nicer time, you know, like, cause I'm sure she works pretty hard for those six figures. I don't know. Like I, I'm like a writer. So I'm always looking at the story things like what's really going on here um but yeah if i got to the point when i was making six figures a year and my you know my, my partner was like we gotta put it all in the bank and put it all into savings like well can't we just can't we can't we just go out to dinner just the, the two of us romantic <laughs> once in a while just a little bit and 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 then he says yes as long as it's five guys it's very depressing <laughs> it to just, me that's depressing in just a second it's Lindsay. <laughs> It, uh, uh, what'd you say? I missed it. You gotta, you gotta live. You gotta, you gotta have some joy in your life. I, mean, I, I just imagine his wife being like, if you take me to five guys one more time. <laughs> 
but in just a mo- in just a moment, Lindsay and I are going to have our big takeaways from today's piece. But first, want to say a big thanks to a NordPass for supporting today's show. Do you use a password manager, Lindsay? I need to. I need to. I use one. I use one password at a um, at my old job, but I'm actually, I'm actually on the lookout for a new password protector now yeah. that you mentioned. And I didn't think that I needed one for the longest time. Like I heard about them, I'm like, so what? And then I real because I thought I had a really good password, but then I realized that I had one password, and if you hack me in one place, you're hacking me everywhere. Yeah, so- I do need a password protector now that you mentioned it. My husband's gonna be very upset if he knows I don't have one. So at NordPass, they lock the passwords. You hold the key with NordPass. You store your passwords in the cloud. You can access them from a desktop mobile or your favorite browser. Uh, Lindsay works for an, an app, uh, the Zeta, which uh, works a couple's cool thing for Cheryl and I is we both have all the passwords in one place. So she doesn't have to even ask Joe, what's his password? I don't have to ask her, hey, you changed this password. What is it? NordPass takes care of all of that. You, they also have a 30-day money-back guarantee. You'll get up to 50% off if you buy the two-year subscription, which is, by the way, uh, not a lot of money. I think it's uh, $3-ish a month. Uh, I don't have that right in front of me. I probably should have that in front of me. Uh, generate secure passwords, store everything that matters, store passwords securely. NordPass.com. And if you put slash MWF at the end, they'll also give you a month free just because you listen to Lindsay and I here today. So thanks to NordPass and thanks to everybody who's used our link when they've gone to NordPass. Uh, what's our takeaway from this piece? People listening to us today, what's the big uh, aha here, Lindsay? To me, the big aha here is is just to not be seduced by all these aspirational stories. I think that there's some cool takeaways. People have really good advice. You should always, I think it's great to scan through an article and see if there's little bits and pieces that could make your life easier or, you know, people have really good um innovative ideas on how to save. But there's a lot missing in this piece that makes it seem like this is a very easy life to achieve. But if the closer you look at it, the more questions I think you have. So just be careful when you read all these, I made a million dollars in X amount of years pieces. That's just me. Yeah. For, uh, for me, I always get attracted to these and I know that it's very clickbaity uh, to, to read this type of stuff. I, I just know now at 52 years old that it isn't this easy. It's okay to start there and to go, wow, that sounds cool. But then think about what they're really talking about. Some of the things that Lindsay brought up, like having these roommates, just think about that on a daily basis. Would it be great if I'm in, if I'm in, in my kitchen and Earl comes out in his underwear, who I met three days ago uh, from Peoria and we're, we're sharing coffee maybe once or twice, that'd be fun. But, 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 but every day I have these roommates. Is that, is that what I'm looking for? Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe they have their own special space, you know, it just, but this, this to be like the hassle of all these roommates and collecting all the rent and doing all these repairs, all these things and, and having a full-time job and having a wife that were just, to me, I'm, I'm already wheezing into a bag. <laughs> like that's, that, that's, but that's just, I yeah. want a million dollars. I just, I just, that to me, it would not, I could be, cause you read this piece and you feel bad about yourself. Why aren't I doing this? Why? And that's the part that bothers me is like, well, he's just doing all these things and he dropped out of college and he did this and that. And I think this is an outlier story. And I think people look at outlier stories like they're the norm because you can't do them. And I just think that, I, I don't know. This, that, piece scared, this piece scared me. <laughs> that is a great takeaway though, because when I was a financial planner, I found people would ask me a question that really, Lindsay, was irrelevant, which is how am I doing versus everybody else? And it just doesn't matter. It just clearly does it. Let's set some goals. Let's go set those. Let, let, let's get those goals. Let's um, let's let's live this life that 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 whatever you want. And to 
you're right to take a look at this guy and go, how come I don't own six houses? Why am I not investing in real estate? How come I'm not renting out the spare bedroom? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot more to it there. Uh, I heard a rumor that you have a hit book. Tell me if that's true. It's, you know, it's, I think it's doing pretty well and I'm pretty excited. Yes. It's called bow down. You (laughs) interview a bunch of uh, dominatrixes and talk to them about lots of different stuff. I did. I interviewed some dominatrixes, quite a few, and I asked them their philosophy on getting what you want, about confidence, being assertive, and uh, being an advocate for your own ideas um, in the office and at home. Awesome. And that's available everywhere. It's available everywhere and out in paperback on uh, in January, in case you want to save a little money and wait for paperback. I totally endorse that. Good news. Or your library. I'm sure your library. Or your library. However you want to read it, I'm honored, truly. (laughs) Really. Uh, I've got good news for everybody. Lindsay's back tomorrow with more. We're going to talk tomorrow about somebody. We're going to jump into Today We Avoided COVID Culture with this piece. Tomorrow we're jumping into it. This is actually a rare thing for us. We usually don't cover blogs. This is from The Financial Diet, and it's a blogger talking about how they actually changed some of their money habits due to COVID. So Lindsay and I, back here tomorrow with that. We'll see you then uh, tomorrow. Bye-bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.